When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout, and the stands. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blood Red channel, and welcome back to the debrief. We are live following Liverpool's first pre-season game of the season, a 4-2 victory over Karlsruhe SC. Um, I believe they're aside from the Bundesliga 2. Um, I mean... Pretty boring first half, but a, a good win in the end, Matt, wasn't it? I, I have to admit, I have celebrated 91st-minute winners more than that. But, you know, it was an entertaining second half, wasn't it? And a, a decent way to start pre-season. Yeah, it was good to see them back, wasn't it? I think Liverpool have got, well, heading into the summer, Liverpool had a lot to do. They've certainly got a lot more to do now, as we'll come to. But it was good to see, you know, Soboslai and McAllister look pretty decent. I thought Diogo Jota looked sharp, certainly better than what Darwin Nunes did, even though Nunes scored. I didn't think he he looked at you know at his sharpest. But look, it's it's hard to read too much into the first game of preseason. Obviously they've been doing loads of sessions, triple sessions, Jurgen Klopp said beforehand. So it, it's been, you know, a tough sort of ten days or whatever it is for the players who've who've been there from the start of, of preseason. There's much more to come from them, but the new season is just around the corner and we are you know, already starting to look at a few different clues of how Liverpool might line up, how sort of things might fall into shape. You know, the, I thought it was interesting, for example, that they continued with the hybrid role. Obviously, Trent kind of played the role of Fabinho and Conor Bradley playing that Trent role in the, the first half. So that was interesting that they did that. There are certain things that we can learn from these games, but yeah, like you say, it, it, the result doesn't particularly matter. I wasn't that bothered that Liverpool ended up winning the game, but it could be no bad thing that a few of you, your strikers get onto the score sheet and a few young players look good, a few other bits as well. So, yeah, plenty of, of positives, plenty of things for, for us to talk about. And, uh, yeah, I think you, you take that for day one and I'm sure there'll be much, much bigger tests for Liverpool over the course of the summer before that Chelsea game. Yeah, you mentioned there, obviously, goals from sort of each of the, the number nine options up top for Jurgen Klopp sort of not really helped his his selection headache for that that first game of the season. A lot of debate whether it will be Nunes, Jota, Gakpo probably had was probably in the first spot after the end of last season in that number nine role if we're playing a front three. But, you know, with, with Gakpo sort of picking up right where he's left off, obviously Jota firing those two late winners. Do you think Nunes has sort of come out of that despite having opened the scoring in you know the second minute he's sort of come out of that still dead last in the uh in the running for who's going to be starting up top in that front three yeah I mean it's it's hard to read too much into it isn't it I think it was interesting that he started alongside Salah and Diaz in terms of the, the first half team that was obviously the, the stronger one and I think as much as you don't want to be too harsh on him, he does. he's going to have to make a bit of an impression, I think, in these friendlies. Obviously, there's only so much you can do in training. I'm sure you know that they're working on him and, and trying to improve a few things with him. But I think at some point it's got to click because, like you say, they've got loads of other options. I thought Diogo Jota looked good. Nunes obviously scores, but for some reason tried to pass it to Salah when he was behind him, got a little bit lucky. 
you know, from the, the second one to, to score from that position, he wasn't really going to miss from there. But it, you'd like to think that at some point you start to see a little bit more of the, the instinctive sort of version of, of Nunes that we saw at Benfica. I think, you know, if, if that was him and he was absolutely full of confidence and he was flying, he would have scored, you know, first attempt rather than needing that second one. And, and that's what you've kind of got to, to see from him, really. I think, you know, for me right now, he would be the, the fifth out of, of the five in terms of the attack. I think I'd like to see Diogo Jota as it stands for, for the first game of, of the season. But, you know, Cody Gakpo is there as well. I thought he was good. I think there's going to probably be a few opportunities for Gakpo in midfield as well, which might be, be interesting to see if they kind of went with a bit of a, a front four almost with, with him and, and Jota there as well. Obviously, they combined in the second half as well. So, look, I think there's, there's still things to, to work on. I don't think any of us expected a completely different Darwin Nunes on day one, but hopefully the goal can give him, you know, something to, to cling on to and, and kick on from. Hopefully in the, the rest of, of the friendlies, they've still got four more games before that Chelsea match. They've still got you know, plenty of, of time to work on stuff, but I think it's going to have to take a little bit of, of time. I think it, it will help that they've got a function in midfield behind them. Hopefully it'll help that, you know, Diaz hopefully and, and Jota as well can stay fit and the, the kind of pressure is across all five of them rather than just on his shoulders. But it's a big season for Nunes. I'm still confident that he can come good. But right now, if I had to say who was going to be, you know, in that number nine role for, for the game against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, I think my money probably would be on doing a jotter. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, and no, I, I agree. I think Jota sort of firing himself in, into... I mean, into place for that for that starting position against Chelsea that first game of the season. But as you say, we, we can't really read too much into a pre-season game like this, especially with it being the first one. So with that in mind, we are going to move on to talking about, I mean, despite the Reds kicking off their pre-season today, it's, it's nowhere near the biggest Liverpool FC story going around at the moment. Um, a lot of conflicting reports online. So I, forgive me if I get some of these details wrong, but supposedly... There's been a £12 million fee agreed with Liverpool for Jordan Henderson. It's looking like he's going to get a, a three-year deal, obviously joining Steven Gerrard's team. I believe it's Al Etifak in the Saudi Pro League. I mean, left out of the squad today, it's, it's rumoured that he's going to be leaving the training camp. It's, it's just a very strange way for, a, for his Liverpool career to end it, if this is it, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, it still doesn't quite feel real, does it, in terms of, of him leaving the way that he's going. I think it's probably not the worst thing for Liverpool to move one player on in that midfield out of him and Fabinho, but to lose both in the, the same summer would be difficult. Obviously, it would take Liverpool to losing six midfielders, essentially, as well, and you know, including the, the out-of-contract and the end of the loan for, for Arthur Mello as well. I mean, it's it's a lot of change, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a hard one, I think, to understand from his perspective. Um, yeah, as you say, as as we understand that the the, uh, that the move has been agreed, he's obviously given the green light to that. Liverpool have been prepared to, to let him go, but I, I, I still struggle to get my head around the, the move to, to Saudi, to be honest. I know a lot of people will look at it and think that the money he's going to earn and, and that opportunity is too good to turn down, but I just don't really think that you know you can justify it in other ways. I think it's it's a sad way for his Liverpool career to end. You look at the reception that Roberto Firmino got at the end of, of the season. Jordan Henderson would have got something similar. He would have been, you know, offered a proper opportunity to, to say goodbye to Anfield, and unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Obviously, there's loads of, of issues I think as well in terms of, of him moving to to that particular part of the world, given his history of kind of leading the way on on other social issues and, and stuff like that. So. 
I think it's disappointing in, in a number of different ways, really. We've discussed it at length across the, the course of, of the last week. Purely in terms of a football sense, I don't think you know twelve million is not exactly game changing money for Liverpool either. They've lost the club captain, a player that would have played quite a lot of football. I think next season, maybe not started every week, but would have certainly made you know a significant number of, of appearances. So it leaves a lot of question marks. I think in terms of, of the football, in terms of the other side of it as well. Um, but Liverpool are going to have to to get in at least a couple more midfielders this summer. They've not got that long to do it. They've not got long to implement those those signings as well. So I think you can look at it one or two ways in terms of what Liverpool do from here. Maybe you can be a little bit worried they're going into the, the new season as it stands without a, a holding midfielder. The other side of it, as I've seen in a couple of the comments there, is that it's you know an exciting opportunity for Liverpool to go out and, and get a couple of more players in and, and do something exciting in the transfer market. But I think for me, I'm, I'm somewhere in between. I think there is an opportunity if Liverpool get it right. I think the big issue really is that there's no one obvious who you'd look at and think immediately, they're the one, go and get them and it, it's fine. I think if this had have happened and we'd have known about it six months ago, maybe Liverpool go for someone like a, a Moises Caicedo or you know, maybe a Declan Rice or someone like that. Again, I know that the price is, is absolutely enormous, but I think Liverpool... They've been backed into a little bit of a corner in terms of, you know, they won't want to, to stand in his way. But at the same time, it gives them, a, I think, a, a real, real problem. It, it, it's a bit of an issue, I think, in terms of leadership, in terms of leaving a hole in the squad. It'd be interesting, I think, to, to see what happens next. But you'd like to think that Liverpool have had enough time now. It's It's been brewing for a week or so, as has Fabinho as well. You'd like to think Liverpool have got one or two plans in place and... You know, maybe this time next week they've got a couple of players in and, and suddenly those sort of fears can be a little bit eased. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they've, they've identified a few options in that number six role that we obviously haven't because, I mean, I was speaking with friends over the weekend about just about the Fabinho deal and they were asking me, you know, who would you go and get to replace him? And I struggle to really come up with an, an a realistic answer. Like the, the number six market just isn't that great at the moment. And, I mean, losing just one and having to replace him in Fabinho would be tricky enough but I think losing both of them and as you say we lost six midfielders I think even even the most ardent critic of our midfield last season I think if you'd have said we're going to lose six players from the midfield and bring in what well, it would probably have to be at least four now do you think that is just a bit, a bit too much it's put, putting a lot of pressure on the recruitment department isn't it yeah I suppose it goes back to last summer doesn't it because if Liverpool would have done a midfielder last summer it would have been at least one there where you've got 12 months of bedding in and, and you've got that kind of succession plan like I said I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to be honest to, to, to get 40 million as it will be for Fabinho if he goes I think that's not too bad Henderson I think that the fee is on the, the lower side but you know he's 33 years of age he's on a fairly big wage I think you can kind of justify it to an extent it's just it's just so much to do, isn't it, in one summer? There's so many, so many questions. I'm not quite sure who they will turn to. We've heard a few names that have been listed. I think that the Sofia and Amrabat one is, is the only one of, of that list that would kind of be an instant player that you could just plug in and, and play in that number six role. I mean, you know, Ryan Gravenberg has been linked, not really a number six. You know, there's, there's others on that list. Calvin Phillips, I just don't see that happening in, in any in any sort of world, really. Even if Liverpool wanted him, I don't think Manchester City would let him go. So it's going to be interesting to see which way they turn. They, as you say, they're going to have to get two more from this point. I think if they lose Fabinho and Henderson, there's, there's possibly an argument for even going out and, and maybe doing three. But I think that might be a little bit on the uh, the optimistic side. But 
I'm sure Liverpool will have a plan. They they always have a plan for for all of these sorts of things in terms of you know all of the the positions. At least you could say you know at least it's it's a Fabinho and a Henderson. I know there's been a little bit of chatter about Luis Diaz potentially being targeted by the Saudis and, and stuff like that, which I can't imagine for a second that he would want to do that. But you know at least it's it, it's a couple of players where it will be disruptive and it will be you know a little bit difficult. I think for for Liverpool maybe it slows them down a little bit at the start of next season but yeah the, the, there's arguments either way isn't that you could keep going around in circles but i think uh at, at least they've got a couple of good midfielders we've seen from today McAllister and Sobosh like they're going to be really excellent additions i think for, for liverpool get one more who's that sort of nailed on ready to hit the ground running and it could just about work out for liverpool but it, it just seems like a, a summer of, of change really for everyone doesn't it manchester city i think are going to have that Chelsea obviously have got that. There's, there's lots of other teams. Tottenham have got a new manager. It, it's tricky to, to sort of know exactly what the Premier League is going to look like next season. It would have been an opportunity, I think, for Liverpool to, to go out and, and really show everyone what they're about. The worry now is it takes a little bit of time for, for that to settle. But we'll see what happens. From what we've seen today, positive signs. It's still a bit of a shock about Jordan Henderson, but I'm sure you know Liverpool will, will find a way. And I'm sure if they really wanted to block it and if they really felt like they couldn't get by without him next season, they would have done just that and, and stopped it from happening. So I'm just sort of interested to see really from this point what the uh, the, the plan is and I'm sure we'll get to, to find that out in the next few days. Yeah, it'll certainly be uh, interesting to see what the makeup of Liverpool's midfield options are come that first game against Chelsea. As you say, hopefully some contingency plans in place to get a couple of number sixes or more defensive-minded midfielders in. But that is all we're going to have time for on the debrief today. We will, of course, be across any breaking news. We'll be back on the morning stream live tomorrow at 10am. But for now, thanks, Matt, for joining me, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.